So you're half Mexican and half, what, what, fill, fill out the rest of this genealogy chart for me here. Oh, well, my whole life I was told that I was so many different things, but what I, I finally did one of those genetic, the genetic testing, oh, like, like where the, you yeah, yeah, find yeah, out yeah, where yeah. your actual bloodline is from. So mm. my family's, uh, my mom's side is from Guadalajara, Mexico. Okay. No way. Um, yeah. Is that, and where, then, is that where your family's yeah, from? my mom is. Okay. Um, see? <laughs> <laughs> We're everywhere. Um, and then my dad's side, I, I don't really know. <laughs> okay. So it's like... Kind of an uh, unknown? Unknown, like many different IDs, ideas have come from that. He's Texan, he's German, he's French, he's Native American, I don't know. Um, but when I did the, the test, it showed I was 23% Native American, 20% Irish, 20% Portuguese, 5% mm. African, and 5% Asian. Yeah. So I was like, so I'm not Mexican. <laughs> I was like, but then I am kind of Mexican because that's kind of Mexican. <laughs> for scholarship purposes, I'm Mexican or Native American. Yeah. For scholarship purposes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for scholarship purposes. Yeah. That's funny because your, I mean, your skin tone is very. I mean, I wouldn't say you're light. Like it's dark, but you're not overly dark. I don't know. It's it's, it's tough for me to place. Well, if you go to Guadalajara, like a lot of people look like me. I would yeah. say like. Or maybe like light Canelo. skin. Yeah. Canelo? Or like Did you say Canelo? Yeah. You yeah. love bringing up Canelo any chance you can. <laughs> who who brought He's it up? Boy. Who brought it up yesterday? Obese Devise brought it up yesterday. Oh, yeah. And you I could just say you perked up in the back. Canelo? <laughs> Canelo. He's a boxer. Eric he, loves boxing. He's dead to me. He's dead to you? Why? Because he, he cheated? Well, it's not confirmed, but like I was looking forward to a good fight on, on May first. Or I mean May fifth. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you know. Against Triple G. Yeah, whatever. Boxing can't really get into it. Everybody here loves it, but I'm not that big of a fan. Uh, Are you like UFC? No, but have you seen that that documentary on uh, McGregor? I don't think so. Yeah, Netflix just put out a documentary on McGregor. It's pretty. Oh, was it's good? like the last four years Notorious. of his life <laughs> of like where he came from, the day he started like decided to stop working and go full time into fighting, and oh wow, it's kind of like the evolution of his life. That does sound interesting to me. It was pretty interesting. I would watch that. Yeah. Eric, how are we doing on Mike space? Am I, am I close enough? Is he close enough? We're good. I'm a social boxing fan. Social so if it's boxing. like a if it's like a big fight, then I'll be like, oh yeah. Oh, I'll absolutely. Totally watch it. Yeah, same here. <laughs> so if it's like a social experience, yeah, totally. I follow boxing. Well, it's like he today. It's like he who will remain unnamed. This the one who <laughs> occupies this corner over here. He has like and there's fights every weekend, right? Eric? Yeah, he's got like the path. Every weekend, he's like, oh, yeah, we're watching the fights, the fights, the fights. And I'm like, God, there's fights. Oh, they they happen every weekend. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. It was all new to I me. I thought they happened like one every two years. That's what I thought too. <laughs> Sounds like, oh, hey guys, I got this WWE pass. I could watch wrestling <laughs> Tuesdays, Thursdays. Maybe we'll go over and watch it ice skating someday. <laughs> um, so here we are, Eric, on the turntables. We had a bit of uh, some trouble this morning. Felt like old times. Felt like a speaking right. of speaking of numbering things. It felt like CrossFit Podcast Three with Dan Bailey. Maybe it was Dan, but it was like. We didn't know what was going on. There Rory, were, Rory was. There were okay. half as many wires. You didn't know how to use the mics. Like, nothing worked. We experienced. Yeah. It gave me a bit of. It was like a. It was like a flashback. It wasn't quite PTSD, but it was a flashback. TBT. Humble, humble roots, you know. <laughs> humble roots. You had that like six-inch mic. Yeah. Oh yeah. I had this mic that was like long and it was like a shotgun mic and it was long and slender and came out like this and it was like, it was like this. It basically, it was it was like it was a mic like this, right? And the, and the table was turning. You're the other giving way. me so so much material right now, but yeah. I'm just gonna be Good. respectful here. I want you know, you know, hey, feel free, 
Take the layup. Too bad Kevin Ogre's not Anything you want to say in here, you are more than welcome to say. Okay. And you can preface it with fuck. You can do anything you want. You know, AI was unbelievable. Oh, look at Eric at work here. Here we go. Yeah, that was okay. So that was that was one before. There was one before that. I think it had an even. It was even even bigger. Yeah, but Dan's is way bigger. Dan's looks great. Shorter but thicker. Short and thick. That's what I kind of anticipated Dan's would look like. Yeah, kind of choked. Oh, and for the record, it's not tiny. It's average. Okay. That's awesome. Gosh, I look. I. Anyways. That was a good TBT right there. Thank yeah. you for sharing. Yeah, I like that setup. Oh, throw it back. Oh, wow. Throw it back Thursday. So, uh, Eric on the turntables. Man of the hour. Wicky wick. It's enough of him. Z. Uh, yes. Barbells for Did I say that name right? Z. Yeah, Z. That's not your real name, though, right? Um, it is Ziona? Ziona. 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 And Ziona. I changed it when I was 19. Now, Ziona, what, what, where does that come from? Um, so, I was baptized as a Rasta when I was 19. Wow. And so Zion is my Rasta name. Okay. So I, I'm not, you got to fill me in on that. What, what does that mean? Like Rasta Rasta. I mean, I, I definitely gave that a nod like I understood. Yeah, like, but I totally. Didn't. What is that? Wait. <laughs> I totally, I had a Rasta name too. Yeah. Um, so uh, for me, Rasta, for, for me in my life in terms of religion and, and spirituality, it's, mm-hmm. I think that being a Rasta is just more of a, sp- a spiritual thing and it's more of a community. So you look at CrossFit. CrossFit is a community. Mm-hmm. You see another CrossFitter, you can kind of see them and see what, look at their shoes and be like, oh, I know like, oh, yeah. you're, my, you're my people. Absolutely. So Rasta's is more like, you're my people. You believe that people should be respected, treated right. You should eat properly and treat your body right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I was like 19, I moved up to Seattle um, right out of high school. From where? From Long Beach. That's right. Long Beach yeah. Poly. Long Beach Poly. Yeah. Long Beach. And I was kind of a witness to a, a pretty big crime. And so... I wouldn't say it was so big, which this is like, I've never really shared this story. So this is a really oh, vulnerable yeah. place for me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I had identified this guy that was going away for life in prison because it was his third strike. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my detective <sighs> didn't necessarily say I needed to be in um, protective um like in uh, so like a witness protection witness program. protection program. It seems like an important thing here. Yeah, but Long Beach is kind of a small place, and mm-hmm. so they were like, "Might be a good idea for you to get out of Long Beach." So I moved to Seattle, went to massage school, mm-hmm. and kind of found a group of Rastas and was baptized and changed my name. And I kind of was like in this whole like re-identifying myself and trying to get out of some of the bad stuff I was into in Long Beach. And yeah. so I, so I asked my dad. I called my dad up and I was like, "Hey, Dad, you mind if I change my name?" And he's like, "I don't care what you." call yourself up you'll always be dweeb to me and yeah. calls me dweeb yeah. so uh yeah so i legally changed my name when i was like 19 years old to ziana ziana irie ziana irie oh yes. that's badass yeah. <laughs> eric likes that name <laughs> i might plug it in I yeah name. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh, so the the zion zion religion Oh, uh, so it's, it's so. Rasta. So Rasta. my Rasta was so Zion is like the the, the mountain, right? The, mm-hmm. the purest of the purest, and and so my Rasta priest was, uh, he knew I was struggling with a lot of things that were out of my control. When you witness some mm-hmm. violent crime, a lot of things are out of your control. And, oh yeah. Um, and then you're you get life threats from the people that are in prison now and their families, and so Gosh. he wanted my life to, he wanted me to follow it where I was climbing the mountain to purity and like. Mm-hmm like going that direction in my life and always giving back and always helping others and trying to find the positive way out of trauma. And so for him, it was 
Zion. So he started yeah. calling me Zion. And I was like, man, that sounds like a boy's name. And he knew I was, <laughs> you know, he knew I was Mexican. So he was like, well, it's just, it's Ziana. Zion. If you, <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I could do that. I could do that. So if you look at any of the history, so now there's a lot of Zionists out in the world. But if you mm. look at the history of the name Ziana, um, I started it. Oh, so if you go back, you can look at like some, some historical data on that name. And it started the year that I changed my name. You should have a Wikipedia page. Totally. It should, it should, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it, it so I'm the founder of Ziana, too. It <laughs> I mean, it definitely, it, it suits your personality. Yeah. And I, I actually, I think even more so Z does. Yes. Like, yes. it's very, it's like cool like the breeze. It and is it's cool. just kind of, it's kind of like you, like you in a nutshell. It is. I feel definitely more like, and I've been Z um, for just the same time now as I was with my, my birth given name, which was um, oh. Audria. So that's you. It's me. Yeah, but my nickname growing up was Dre. Dre. So if you hear anybody call me Dre, they're going to be like, you've known Z no. for a long time. Well, you know, maybe, you know, 10, 20 years down the road, you could be like a, like a Dre no. Z. You know? could be like a, that could be a hybrid. <laughs> when my husband, when I got married and I was changing my last name, he was like, go back to Audria. Uh. And I was like, no, nah, I'm good. I like Z. I like Z. But whenever my husband really wants my attention, hmm. he'll be like, Dre. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, they perk up. who just called me Dre? Oh, my God. Uh. Yeah. So Maybe you could be like a symbol after that. You know, you yeah, like, it'll be like Prince. Like Prince, yeah. <laughs> he just come with something. I know it's a recycled joke, but I like it a lot. Okay. Maybe give me another like twenty years. I'll see. Yeah, that. No, there's plenty of room for potential here. Yeah. <laughs> so, you're in Seattle. Mm-hmm. You've gone through that stage of your life. You are. You got through massage school. Mm-hmm. And how's that? How long did that last? You you still doing that? Like, yeah, I was a uh, practicing massage therapist for twelve years. 12 years. Mm-hmm. Do you, you don't practice anymore? Um, no, I do not. I retired about seven years ago. Are you glad to be done with that? or? No, there's a part of it that's that I miss a lot. Like, So the way I kind of look at what I get to do in life is, and what I've identified is like I'm a healer. Yeah. And so I started in that, in that I went to massage school because I wanted to heal people from their body, like from my body to your body, so healing one at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it started that way, and I got to heal one at a time. And then I found CrossFit in 2007, opened up an affiliate in 2009. And there it was like, oh, I get to heal people like 12 at a time. Yeah. And like I saw people, you know, every every affiliate owner sees it. Mm-hmm. People get their first pull-up, get off their diabetic get you know, decrease their cholesterol. You, yeah. You're healing people still in this very organic uh, way as you do in, in massage therapy. Mm-hmm. And so, so now, okay, I get to heal 12 at a time. And now with Barbells for Boobs, it's like... I get to heal thousands at a time. And, yeah. And so what, what I've learned and in, in having to think so big and how do you make social impact um, with what I do at Barbells for Boobs, sometimes it's really nice to think about, oh, can I just heal one person at a time and almost go back to my roots in massaging. So uh, my husband bought me a massage table about a year ago. I haven't really... <laughs> collecting dust in the, in the side of the house like, but like honey i'll use that when my i go back to drink. yeah well i had james um New, newberry stay with us okay uh, over the summer you know amanda allen contacted me and she's like i, I got two australians that need a place to stay mm. and i'm super like you know i love people my husband's like i hate the i hate people um <laughs> and so perfect match su- super perfect <laughs> and so uh you know i asked him i was like come on dude like we have the, the opportunity to give here mm-hmm. we have an extra room it's, it's, it's not going to cost us anything to help this person out and so we were talking about massage therapy and and james and kayla are just amazing people and so he was really needing a massage mm. and so my husband bought me the table so james was actually the last person i massaged oh look so at that. it was like a, a, a 
pro bono massage. A little pro bono. Oh, yeah, that, that, like, came, that came out kind it of. It was bad. almost like, well. It's almost like when you're in massage school, you get to go, go practice on your friends. So yeah. I felt like, man, if I'm gonna start healing people again, yeah. like I need some practice hours. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's been seven years. My hands are weak, and then James is my first one, and so it yeah. was really intimidating. Oh, I bet he's like a, he's like a baseball glove, yeah. just like, like trying to work into yeah. Him. But it was yeah, good. That is crazy. It is something. Yeah, I mean, we have a a friend who goes to uh, across Santa Cruz with us. She actually used to work out at um, San Francisco CrossFit. Carla Ferguson, and she's a massage therapist. Okay. And I I think she is. That's the name might be wrong, but I think that's what she is. But yeah, her hands are just like strong. They are, wh- wh- like this thing. Like yeah. I, I've got the grip str- the grip strength of a twelve year old girl. Is that what that she so probably identifies? Yeah, she probably strength. has the grip strength of like a thirty five <laughs> yeah. year old man. Well, you think about it. You're, it's like you think about training, uh-huh. and if you're constantly, you know, trying to get better at muscle ups, and you're constantly practicing it, you and you're going to develop practice. those muscles. Yeah, it's the same con. It's the same concept. Yeah. So. Damn. Yeah. So you're a healer. That's what we've established. Healer. You are a healer. That's yeah. That's what I like to identify myself as. I like healer. Healer. So 2007, you found CrossFit. Yeah. What was that? Was it? Were you in a park? No. uh, So at the time, my (laughs) you're gonna laugh at this. The time my uh, my boyfriend at the time was an amateur boxer. (laughs) Okay. And he found in a magazine this little article that was like. So you think you're fit? Try this. Mm-hmm. And so he comes home, and I was I went to college for African dance. I was a dancer, so I, I studied African dance. Awesome. And that's uh, actually uh, Daigle's wife is a big African dancer. Yeah, it's amazing. So I so when you do that, you think you're in shape. Uh-huh. You're like, yeah, yeah. I'll do. So so it was like we found CrossFit.com, mm-hmm. and the workout was Murph. Oh. And of course, we're in, I lived in New Jersey at the time, so mm-hmm. there was no CrossFit affiliates in, in New Jersey except for Steve's Club, I think, was the only one that popped up. 2007, yeah. Yeah, and then the Black Box in, in New York City mm-hmm. and South Brooklyn. I think Dave, Dave was still there because we oh, go there once yeah. in a while. Yeah, he might have been in the, it was like an orchestra. Yeah, totally. Space, it was like in the yeah. theater or something. Yeah. yeah. So we, we would be able to go do those on the weekends, but uh-huh. during the week. Uh, so our first workout, we went to our little local global gym and did Murph first mile was like 10 minutes and 30 seconds on the treadmill or something like that. I'm sure my squats were like powered, power, you squats, know, power yeah, squats. Yeah. My pushups were like, you know, I'm sure, yeah. but it still took me an hour and 10 minutes. And so mm-hmm. we, we were done. And I was like, that was amazing. Like mm-hmm. I feel like shit, but that was amazing. And so the next day, uh, we were like, let's do it again. And this is when people actually used to track their times on CrossFit.com yeah. and you yeah, started yeah. getting to know the people on, on .com. Mm-hmm. And so the next day was Fran Mm. And I was like, Goodness awesome. gracious. So we go do it. This is how programming used to be in 2007. Yeah. It got a little rugged throughout the years. Yeah. Man. And so we go, we come back, and we're like, we used to like geek out. We'd run in to look at CrossFit.com to look at the times. Yeah. And so we're looking at the times, and we're like, how the fuck are people doing this in six minutes? Like, because yeah. it took me 46 minutes. Oh, wow. And it took, it took my boyfriend about the same, you know, in the 30s or 40s. Mm-hmm. And we're like contemplating, and we're like, what the fuck did we do wrong, you know? <laughs> So we took three rounds of twenty-one fifteen-nine literal, as three rounds oh, of twenty-one fifteen-nine. So it was one hundred and thirty-five. So we did Fran two. three times. Yeah, two hundred and seventy-five. <laughs> Goodness gracious! <laughs> I would have just walked away at that point. Like this is this is dumb. Well, because when you're used to a gym setting where you're like, yeah, I'm gonna do three sets of fifteen of this, you yeah, know, like yeah, you're, when you're, you're in that thinking like yeah. three rounds, because twenty one fifteen nine doesn't seem doesn't sound like a lot. No, especially if you're unfamiliar with it. Yeah, so that was yeah. how I found CrossFit. You know, it is it is interesting. Every now and then, I'll uh, like they've one, one really cool thing about dot com is you can go back and see when the last time that workout was programmed. Yeah, and you can keep going back and going going back. 
but it, like you look it was like 2011 10 like before then like the comments used to just be incredible like, it takes like multiple to, like, scrolls scroll. to get to the bottom yeah. yeah and it's so cool like the community that started right there and just kind of blew up blew from up. it yeah. yeah it's really incredible yeah, yeah. so so 2007 mm-hmm. you've done two workouts which are really like seven workouts <laughs> i did the gains basically yeah. Yeah. so you've pretty much you've pretty much killed yourself a couple of times yeah, but you keep coming sure. back for more yeah of course so are you still are you following dot com with your boyfriend or do you try <laughs> to find some sort of affiliate or what, what, what's like what's your next step after you're like okay this is what we like and yeah. we want to know more we want to do more yeah, well, he was really more the driver and, and really passionate about fitness and bringing mm. fitness to people. He was an amateur boxer, right? He was an amateur boxer. And so he he really, you know, he, he wanted to, to, to bring it to more people. So he started, you know, training at a local MMA and rented out a little space and mm-hmm. started sharing people what we were learning on CrossFit.com. So it just got to a point about six months later, he's like, you know, I really want us to invest in, um, I want to go to Santa Cruz and take this level one cert. Mm. And I was like, all right. And that, for us, I mean, it was a it was a lot like, you know, paying for the cert, flying out to Santa Cruz. Across getting the a, country. Yeah, yeah, across the country. Um, luckily, he, he was a, a operating operations director for a cosmetic company. So so he 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 did well for himself and I was massaging and bartending. Mm. So healing people, you know, alcohol, healing massaging. People. Just healing people. <laughs> it was like a cycle, right? It was a cycle. <laughs> hey, come to me tonight. I'll heal, we can talk more tonight. Um, so. So we invested in it, and so he's on the plane, and and uh, he's he's you know six three, really tall. Mm. Uh, he had dreads at the time, and you know Lamar Lamar he's black, big mm. big tall black guy, mm. and uh, he's on the plane, and he's like, hey, there's somebody else on the plane reading CrossFit journals across from me, huh. and I was like. Go talk to him, you know. Except this time, like, oh, that was back in the day when people would print out the yeah, we didn't yeah. have iPads. You know? yeah. um, and so I was like, go talk to him. Like, and in my head, I'm like, maybe you guys can bunk together and get a car together and go to the <laughs> seminar together. You, you made a friend. <laughs> you made a friend. Go talk to him. And so he tells me he's like, he looks really intimidating, and I was like. Yeah, I'm sure he looks really intimidating. He's the one Imagine that looks into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was like so. It ended up being um, Greg that that I don't know if you've heard of Gorilla Fitness out in Montclair. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was it was Greg that that's the founder of Gorilla Fitness. And, oh no way! And so uh, it was Greg and Lamar, and they went to Santa Cruz together, and they became really good buddies. And yeah. so we were like, well, instead of us opening one, he was already planning to open one in Jersey. Mm-hmm. So uh, Lamar quit his full time job and went and coached all day and literally sat there waiting for people to come in the building wow because nobody wanted to go to crossfit at that time yeah yeah 2007 Um, 2007 i think that was when they still had all of the uh the subject matter experts that were still teaching the course yeah but i think greg showed up to his cert um i always like to know when like I, i can always identify how long people have been crossfitting when i'm just like Who's your L one coaches? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just give me a little. It gives me an idea of where where you started. So I didn't do my I didn't do my L one until 2012, but I've been doing CrossFit for mm-hmm. years before that. But I remember going to the original gym. So I I played water polo. Right. Leaf's wife, Danielle, coach, and she would bring us in for you know workouts randomly. And I remember coming in one Monday, probably Monday afternoon. And they had the P bars over on the side there, and then the stairs, and tucked in on the side there was a keg. Right. And I think to myself, I was like, "What the?" I mean, I'm 22 at the time. Right, I'm right. like, yeah, "Party, you know, like, this is cool." 
I was like, what? I'm like, what? What, ha- what happens here? What are, what are people doing? Like, oh, it's from the seminar. You know, I'm like, okay. Didn't think anything of it. <laughs> Little did I know. Yeah, I'm into this. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so do the seminar, come back. Your boyfriend, Lamar, is coaching at Gorilla Fitness with mm-hmm. Greg. Mm-hmm. How long after that? So 2009, you guys opened your affiliate? Yeah, so we decided in 2008. So I was from Long Beach, and mm-hmm. his family lived in Southern California. Where in Long Beach do you live? Uh, I lived in, I grew up on the west side of Long Beach. Okay. So what, what streets? Give me streets. Uh, Wardlow and Santa Fe. Wardlow, I remember. Santa Fe, I don't think I remember. So it's, it's, it's kind of like it's a cross. It's, it's in a neighborhood that nobody wants to go to. Kind there's of, there's so. a few of those in Long Beach. <laughs> <laughs> it's like really close to Wilmington and Compton. So oh, okay. it's, uh, it's on that like very inside of like okay. the, the very like right before you you head out of, into the la county oh, okay LA. oh yeah yeah that is yeah. An, that is an undesirable place it is yeah. pretty, pretty undesirable <laughs> i mean i had fun yeah i, was, I call it a colorful neighborhood very, yeah, okay. very colorful culturally <laughs> like rich culturally rich yeah, i live actually I, I think i live kind of close to that i was near the uh examino, uh did you live in long beach yeah the, oh okay the examino circle because oh, you went to long beach city yeah the traffic circle yeah the big one yeah that led pch examino, examino. and then some... like off redondo so yeah. where, where did you live like right the off the circle student ghetto there are yeah, like yeah, a bunch yeah. of apartments totally. right there yeah it was it was rugged yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was fun it's nicer now is it yeah long beach is stepping up its game all right bit. good yeah that's good i have to come but back it's kind of nice because you can go from one block and mm-hmm. be like really safe and then like literally walk 100 meters and you're like not yeah. safe this is not safe anymore i'm gonna yeah. turn around <laughs> yeah no that's right it's like you go second street yes. and you go off of it and you're like oh you're god like, oh, we're in <laughs> what just happened <laughs> so so 2008 you decided to open the affiliate yeah so we decided to move across the country mm-hmm. um and that was really cool um and now that we do that in october i think it was almost kind of that idea was conceived during that that cross-country trip so mm. you know we, we got to stop at rogue and you know, oh. met Bill and Katie and had wings and beer with them. And I was like, this girl just won the CrossFit Games. And I'm yeah. <laughs> drinking a beer with her. Like, this is the coolest <laughs> shit ever, right? Um, and, and every affiliate we went and stopped in at, they were just so giving and so just, you know, we were we were wanting to open it up an affiliate. And so yeah. they gave us information. They gave contract. Like, everywhere we went, it was just love. Mm, cool. 100% love. So you, can, you, like, you gathered things to build the, yeah. the blueprint for yeah. during that, that trip. Yeah. And everybody was so giving and took us out to dinner and um, just kind of the way that, you know, I feel like CrossFit, that's yeah. the founding. Well, it's know. like it's built on the community and the community mm-hmm. embraces each other. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are certain outliers, but for the most part, I think it's safe to say the community yeah. is like that. Oh, so, it's always like a few bad seeds, you know. Yeah, there's always a few yeah, apples there and there. A few bad <laughs> seeds. A lot, of, a lot more trees that are yeah. growing in our community. Yeah. <laughs> so 2009, you open the affiliate. What's it called? It was Next Level. Next level. Next level performance. NLP. CrossFit NLP. NLP. Next level yeah. performance. I don't, I don't know if I remember it. Have you heard of Next Level Invitational? The NLI? <sighs> you know, I want to say I have heard of Next Level, but does it mean it's still around? Uh, yes. The gym is still around. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The gym is still around. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> 2009, <laughs> you have the gym. I have the gym. And things are going well? Things are going really well. Okay. And then... Uh, uh, I think a, ter- a huge turning point for me was, you know, I think that when you get into the CrossFit space, you open an affiliate, you're, I mean, it's l- the labor of love, right? Everyone says it, you're up first thing in the morning to the last thing at night, and you're, you're trying to improve the way that you can deliver healing in my eyes. I was mm-hmm. a healer, 
at yeah. the gym, you know? So, so I, you're, you're, it never leaves your mind of that thought of like, wow, how do I make this better? How do I, how do I give more? Um, and I, it, it owned me for a really long time to the point where like we lived in our affiliate. I showered at 24 hours. Like we just dedicated our entire lives to, to building this affiliate. Poured your heart and soul into it. Everything. Yeah. Um, and literally still the best years of my life was, was that process in, in life. Yeah. Uh, it was just so selfless and giving. Um, and so while I was doing that, I kind of neglected. There's a part of your life you neglect when you go 200% into something. Oh yeah. And yeah. so the friends that think you're crazy, you kind of lose, you know, you're kind of like you start losing friends cuz they're like, "Nah, you're crazy." Yeah, like, what yeah, are you yeah, doing? Yeah. And so um my really good friend Ceci hits me up one day on an email. Is she and, one of your crazy friends? Yeah, she's definitely one of my okay. probably the craziest. <laughs> probably, outside of Kevin Ogre. Yeah. She's pretty good. She's my female crazy. He's my male crazy. Um, so she she sends me an email and it lets me know ten days prior she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm. And it was just like a you know, you want to know my first reaction? You're gonna mm. laugh at this. This is awesome. This is a, this is a life lesson for everybody listening. Uh-huh. I was pissed. Angry. Angry that she fucking emailed me. <laughs> I was like, really? Girl, call me. <laughs> come, to, come to my house. An email? I guess like in translation nowadays, it would be like getting an Instagram message from your friends saying yeah. that they had cancer. Well, I'm trying to transport myself back to 2009. <laughs> email. I don't think, I mean, I check email 20 times a day now at least. But yeah. Was she, it by Hotmail? The Hotmail. Right. Yeah, it was yeah. like yahoo.com. Now, now that would have been daring. Yeah. So I get this. And she's like, you know, CC's like nine of our closest friends. And she let me know. She's like, here's when I get my mastectomy. And I hope I see you all, you know, love and friendship, Sessie. And I was mm-hmm. like, so mad at her that I called her. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait. This, so this was a, was a group email? Yeah, it was a group email. <laughs> It was like just Sassy. getting punched in the face several times. You know? Sassy, you're just start, Sassy. we're starting off on the wrong. Yeah, Sassy. You know, and, and now that I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm grown and I've done a lot of therapy on myself, I realize that it was more, more shame of like, man, you're a bad friend. She had to email you. So in my head, I was like, uh, I'm a horrible yeah. friend. I haven't been around. I've been building a gym and teaching people how to do pull-ups and snatching and all this <laughs> stuff. I suck as a friend. So I think that the anger was more self-reflective instead of really angry at her sending the emails. Yeah. More like. Uh, wow, am I really there for her, you know? Yeah. So I call her up and I'm mad. I'm like, when did you, you email me? And she lets me rant for, you know, a few minutes. Mm. And then she's like, hey, Z, this is not about you. I'll see you in two weeks. Mm. And I was like, she like, mic dropped yeah. on me, you know? And I was like, fuck. Peace. Peace. And, wow. and I was like, because you hear that diagnosis and you're just, it's so, it's, you don't know how to respond to it. Well, there's there's nothing you can really do. Yeah. Right. And so, so out of your control. I don't think that's an unnatural response. Right. I mean, it's definitely it's it's not the right one. But I mean, what else can you do? You're you're helpless. Yeah. So, uh, so at that time, <clears throat> I'm building my affiliate. I was a, uh, uh, and I was, I felt helpless. So, so I go to the hospital two weeks later, and you know she's getting her mastectomy and. She's recovering in the hospital, and the coolest shit that ever has come to me about being a massage therapist was that night. And and if you ever meet my friend Sessie, she's like, she's probably one of the coolest people in the world. Like, we were roommates. We've never fought. I've known her since I was 17 years old. 
roommates. She's kicked me out because I like let homeless people live with us. And she was like, you know, it's you, maybe this isn't a good fit anymore. You know, <laughs> just like genuine love. Like she taught me unconditional love, if that makes sense. Like she taught yeah. me how you really genuinely love people. Um, and so, so I was, I was more angry that something like this had happened to somebody that yeah. taught me such positive, yeah, that makes sense, such positive life lessons. And so, so of course, if I'm not the only one impacted by this amazing female. So the whole hospital, and she's Mexican, so you know that's so the whole hospital like lobby was packed of Mexicans, oh. <laughs> packed like it was just like everyone from Mexico came up, you know. They're like, I feel, like, I feel like some Eric's family was there. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw you there. <laughs> you our were in the lobby. Aunts, our ten uncles. Yeah. So it just got to a point where I was overwhelmed. I was like, man, this is if this is a lot for me, this has to be a lot for her. So I went and saw her, and I was like. I love you. Like, I'm here if you need anything, but I'm going to leave because you got a lot of people here that want to see you. I don't want to be selfish with people seeing her. So, uh, you know, they're they're like doing all the the rows. (laughs) They were like, you know, they were praying. They were doing all kinds of stuff. So um, so I left, and she called me at 11 o'clock that night, and she was like, hey, Miha, I kicked everybody out of my room, and I just want you to come and massage me. Mm. And I was like, cool. Finally an opportunity to, to help. Yeah. To heal. To heal. Mm-hmm. And so I went and I was able to massage her feet, massage her head, because she always used to get migraines. So, of mm-hmm. course, when I was a roommate and I was practicing, she had a massage all the time. The so. closest test subject. Yeah, totally. Yeah. She was just like, me, right here, here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I, you know, I got to go and, 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 and heal her that night. So it was, it was really cool. So, uh, but from that, it was that want and desire to continue to help her. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so, uh, so I had never done Grace RX. Mm-hmm. And it was a frightening wait for me. And so I kind of put a challenge out to the other females in my affiliate saying, hey, like, who wants to do grace with me? Mm-hmm. And we'll raise them some money for Sesame. And that was this, like, the next day, the next week? No, this is like a few months go by because I took a lot of time in processing what was happening to her because mm-hmm. I didn't really know what to do. I was 29. She was 26. Yeah. Um, and so I started, I really wanted to geek out on how she found out. Mm-hmm. And I was really interested in that. And so... Uh, when I found out that she had a lump on her breast six months prior and mm. that I never knew about it, again, angry. Um, I, was a, I was a bad friend. Uh, but she went in to get a, a, a mammogram and she was denied services. Mm. And so um, they wrote on her medical document, mammography recommended at age 40. Wait, so, wait, wait. so she found a lump on her breast mm-hmm. and the doctor she went and saw said, let's wait till you're 40 to get a mammogram? Yeah. Okay. And so I, so also with my massage um, background, I, I was a pharmacy tech for 12 years. So I was kind of like healed from, you know, drugs. God, uh, what haven't you done? Drugs, alcohol, <laughs> touch. <laughs> like the... Bartender. <laughs> Jack of all heal. Yeah. Whatever it takes for you to heal. Um, well, I, I mean, I started at uh, Naples Pharmacy in Long Beach. I started when I was like 13 years old, taking the trash out in a pharmacy. Oh, yeah. So, okay. and, and then I worked at Egyptian Pharmacy on 2nd Street. Uh, I don't that one. Yes, but I was always fascinated. So I was fascinated by pharmacies because they were such a community place. Mm-hmm. Like your local pharmacist was like your doctor. Like, yeah, like yeah. you people come in, everybody knew everybody, and I kind of liked that environment. Mm-hmm. And my pharmacist was always there, kind of the healer of the community, totally, yeah. giving them advice. Oh, you know, Tommy's got a little cold. This is what mm-hmm. you should do. Take a little pinch. Of yeah, this. like that. And you know, <laughs> old school pharmacists were the yeah. raddest dudes, weirdest. I actually, I have one by my house in Santa Cruz here. Like a local mom and pop shop store. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It actually used to be a liquor store. That and now sense. and then turned into a <laughs> Like pharmacy. that totally makes sense. Yeah. And it's funny, the only people that really go in are like 
Actually, I, my wife goes and gets prescriptions filled there, but it's... Horsteiner? No, it's um, it's Mission. It's right across from the Urgent Care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, not Horsteiner. That's the one on SoCal. I, I forget what this one's called. It's, oh. it's literally 50 yards from my house, and I can't remember what it's called. I've never been inside, but... You should go inside. It's, it's still there. <laughs> They've got, like, wheelchairs in the front. Yeah, like, totally, it's totally. Wider, yeah, it's... it's, it's, it's it looks old. It, everything about it is green is old in there. Yeah, it's... But. Well, so I, I started in pharmacy, and that's what took me to massage therapy school, because I was like, okay. oh, I see healing from pills. Like, mm-hmm. how else can we heal a body? Yeah. And so what was cool about being a massage therapist is you can't do it 40 hours a week, so it allowed me... Well, then I was a pharmacy tech to, uh, to kind of, of fill those hours. So I, as a part-time technician, that was my stable income. Okay. And then massage was kind of like this. Electric. So you were like, you're like superwoman healer. Something like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Super, super. I think we, we can make a t-shirt out of that, right? Superwoman. Superwoman <laughs> super with a Z. Super. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so CC, 26. Lump. 26. Lump. She's in the hospital. Yes. Two months later, you're organizing yes, so the, was, the beginnings of what would, what would be. Barbells for boobs. I saw this. I was like, is that my son? That is yeah. my son. It's, it's kind of creepy how in tune Eric is. <laughs> it's like, it's like my son looking at yeah, me. He's got some stuff up his sleeves. That, you know, stuff you've never even seen before. He's doing it. He's doing it. Um, so, so Grace. Yeah. And Cece is... Sassy. What, 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 pardon me. Pardon but her Sassy. real name is Martha, but don't ever call her that. Yeah, that's such just, a Mexican name, right? That, Martha. That's just going to confuse me even Martha. more. I mean, I'm just going to call Cece. I could probably guess her, name, her, her last name, given three guesses. Go. Martinez. Oh, close. <laughs> oh, he was, he, was, he, was, he was banking on that one. He was banking. Her first name is it's Marta Cecilia. Gonzalez. <laughs> <laughs> one more. Oh. You should try your last name. No, it's not. It's okay. not good. That'd be funny. <laughs> Don't know. Morales. Morales. Ah, okay. That was it's not a common. It's not too common. That's maybe a top twelve. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> top twelve. My maiden name is Munoz. So. <laughs> That's a top eight. Yeah, top eight for sure. So, is she still in the hospital? This this uh, when you no no she doing? was out, but she, she was, was definitely you know there's a lot of rehab that happens mm-hmm. once you get out post mastectomy. Um, so a vasectomy. So if you mastectomy, m- mastectomy. That's right. There's a, there's, a, there's a big difference area. there. Yeah, there's a big difference. <laughs> So if you're so she she's not diagnosed with breast cancer. She was. She is diagnosed, mm-hmm. but they won't take the test to. Oh, prove so it? that's sorry. That time, mm. they sent her away, mm-hmm. and then six months later, she started getting discharge and blood out of her nipple. Oh, that's bad. And so she went back, and that's when she was diagnosed with breast cancer. And then ten uh, days later, she sends me an email telling me, shit, shit. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so then telling me, and then two weeks later, she had her surgery, and then okay. months go by, and I start. Once I hear the story about that, mm-hmm. I was angry because of my pharmacy tech background. So be- ah, when I was in okay. the pharmaceutical Starting industry, um, I was I eventually worked for Long's Drugs, and I was the insurance specialist for Long's Drugs. Oh. So I was my department was in charge of uh, troubleshooting all the insurance claims for 584 stores. So when somebody had uh, an insurance claim that wouldn't go through, mm-hmm. I was responsible. And even when I was at the storefront, and I, I was always the insurance specialist in the storefront. So a lot of AIDS patients, their drugs are denied. Mm-hmm. A lot of cancer patients, their drugs are denied by insurances. So it gets to this point where it's like uh, doctors are no longer the doctors. The insurance companies are the ones hey, saying. Mm-hmm. There's something for you. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Dude, it's a turn- missed opportunity. I hate to jump in. It's turned into, turn into a three-ring circus. <laughs> what is this? God. 
You can only you can only do his job. Jesus Christ! All right, I'll put it on. What? He, he who shall not be named always wears a vest. Oh. I guess Tyson thinks this is really. I feel like a. I feel like. Like a cool. I, I feel like what's his face from Jurassic Park. You know the. the guy? Does he always wear one of these? <laughs> always. I guess that's right. I guess when people have, like, routines, you you don't realize what they are until. Yeah. Until it's pointed out to you like this. Yeah. You know, it, you know I, I think this is Savant's because this thing is super tight on me. It's, it's like a child medium. What are you doing, Eric? Looking for some glasses for you. I don't, yes. I don't want glasses. I, I, yes. I, I, I just turn it. Yes. Okay, thank you. Well, you know, we'll, we'll use them as a prop. Maybe I can wear them. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you wear them, Eric? <laughs> okay, so... So I had, back on track. Yes. Yeah. So I had so much experience in the pharmaceutical side, seeing just how really fucked up our healthcare system is. Mm -hmm. And it's like, hey, if a doctor prescribes something, um, insurance should pay for it, you know. So it's like, so I had seen that, and that's why I left the pharma. I left the pharmaceutical industry, um, and then my uh, my part time job became a bartender because I was like, there's other cooler ways to heal people with yeah. drugs, right? Mm -hmm. Just alcohol. Um, <laughs> Not as funny. You're probably sitting down with, with Scott. Totally different conversation. Yeah, earlier. I, I'd say uh, polar polar opposite. <laughs> <laughs> but still, I but I I get I get where yeah. each one is. Yeah. You know? just um, trying to help heal. Me too. Um, and so so I already had an, a very good understanding of our healthcare system. Mm -hmm. So I was angry that they took that right from her. That they just didn't treat her like a person, and they treated her like a stat. So if we look at the stats, mm -hmm. only seven percent of Breast cancer cases are under forty, and okay. for our healthcare system, that that percentage is really, really low. And so the standardized testing is forty. So I think that what ends up happening is doctors are pressured to not push these because healthcare uh, insurances don't allow doctors to really just practice medicine or practice healthcare mm -hmm. because there's so much restrictions on reimbursements. And so doctors are really scared, and providers are really scared to not get the reimbursements and then not get paid for their services, what ends up happening. And so I think that it's created this mindset in our providers mm -hmm. um, that I hope that, you know, the medical um, community and CrossFit can change this and say, hey, let's take care of 1% at a time yeah. and let's treat them like an individual and not a stat. Mm -hmm. And she's 26, very likely she could have breast cancer and yeah. that's okay. Like, but if we find it, we can... We can treat it better, right? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, you can save her life. Ultimately, and cause her and cause her a lot less stress than what she's going through. Ultimately, so, so with that, I was like, I'm gonna fundraise money for her, you know, and, and you know, I think that I'd participated in fundraisers before, you know, in CrossFit, and so I was already inspired by the community and how giving the community was, and so mm -hmm. um, I was like, how do I take Grace and do something I'm scared shitless to do? Now, now, why did you choose Grace? Because I was scared shitless. And so it was like okay. this idea of you could do grace if she can get through this. Okay. And so, and then not only could you do it, but you can challenge all these other women in the community to do it because grace was really scary back then. Now yeah. it's scary because it's fast, right? Like women are yes. like, I'll do the men's yeah. weight, yeah. like slow it down. Yeah. I want a five minute grace. You know? I, <laughs> I want to say Rob Orlando did 30 at 225 in like four minutes yesterday. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, Chad Vaughn and Asia Barto did 315 Grace at one of our events. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That was mind-blowing. But So I was scared of it, and um, I challenged a bunch of and, – and so three affiliates in Orange County because that's about how many there were back mm -hmm. then. We all got together in a parking lot. Do you remember which three? Uh, it was – well, it's now Ruination CrossFit. Mm -hmm. um, and we had actually some people come up from um, – 
Encinitas. Oh my gosh, I can't remember. CrossFit the, Encinitas. The Navy sales guys. Oh. Uh, Captain CrossFit. No, I don't. I don't know if they're around anymore. Um, SealFit. Uh, no. But Glenn Doherty was there, so yeah, we're Glenn no. Doherty trained. Is it Outlier? No. All right, I digress. Are they? In, yeah, me too. Um, but uh, so a crew from from like Carlsbad and Sanitas area came up, okay. and then um, Marina CrossFit in Huntington Beach. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. old schools. Um, and so we all got together, and and uh, and we had trickling people from other affiliates, but those were like the main representatives that came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was about sixty of us, and we like tagged people's names on our body, and mm-hmm. and uh, we went out afterwards to a bar, of course, because that's how CrossFit uh, workouts end. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Uh, Someone said we just did barbells for boobs, and I was like, and that's where the name came from. Yeah, and I was like, can I use that? Like, <laughs> I love that. And then a week later, I saw Greg. Um, he was at Marina CrossFit, mm-hmm. and I just told him what we did, gave him a shirt, and he was like, well, CrossFit. We raised two thousand, and then Greg matched it that next week with four thousand. So I had four thousand to go get my friend, uh-huh. and she told me that she didn't want it. She told me to help others. Oh, really? Yeah. Sassy. Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> But, so generous. But it was no, me, I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll it, help was, others. it was out of that was sixty people. You said. Mm-hmm. And where in Orange County was it? Uh, we did it right, like right in Corona Del Mar. We wanted to go to the yeah, beach, but then yeah. people were like, "We don't have permits." And I was like, "Oh man!" So we just found yeah. an empty parking lot and oh, okay, and pulled out all the weight and, and turned what, what on was, the radio. What was the bar you went to afterwards? Um, oh my gosh, it's right in Fashion Island. I forget the name of it. Um, it's like a little Irish pub. Oh yeah, they have good soda bread. Yes. There's like, there's like, yes. There's like a downstairs. There's yeah. like an atrium you walk yeah. into. Yeah. Not Malarney. No. I definitely know what you're talking yes. about. I've been yeah. there before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That, so that was where it was born. That was the inception. And yeah. you just, you just kind of knew that you had something there. I knew that there was a problem that people saw as, saw it as a problem as I saw it as a problem. Okay. The so minute you, that so you, you hear Sessie's, the only one. yeah, you, the minute you hear Sessie's story, like, it shocks people. Yeah. Like, so for me, I was like, I'm not the only crazy person to think that this is wrong, mm-hmm. right? That she was not served well by our healthcare system or by her provider or, or she didn't have enough strength to advocate for herself, right? And yeah. so how, like, this is happening. This is, There's probably other sessies out there. Yeah. And so I went on this search to find the other sessies. Okay. And uh, And that's kind of... So what's what's your what's your next step? You've got you've got four thousand dollars in hand. <laughs> yeah. Four thousand dollars, you see a problem, and you want to yeah, fix it. So that's, how does so this is what? This is two thousand nine? Two thousand nine. That's still two thousand nine. October two thousand nine. October two thousand nine. Yeah. Where do you go after that? Um, so I so I, I, I literally started geeking out on what was happening to young women in breast cancer. Yes. And what I found was that um, state-funded programs, so every state has a breast and cervical-funded program mm-hmm. to serve underserved populations. And um, the all of them, you must be 40 to qualify for the program. Mm-hmm. And all of them, you must be a woman. Oh. When men, one in a thousand men will get breast cancer. Oh, I saw that on your... Check uh, your pets, Yeah, bro. I was going to say... <laughs> Is, is is that really that no back still, still right there on the barbells for boobs one with the lucero yeah is that is that really i mean what is, i think it has a stat right one yeah, one in a thousand men and then just the same i can i can find out if i have breast cancer by yeah check your pecs 
I mean, we should. You should be checking your pecs because yeah. men find it so late that it becomes a really aggressive, you know, deadly disease for men. So I, I wasn't even looking at it before I saw this post. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Eric, come over here. Yeah. Feel feel me right here. Check your pecs. I just did two days ago. Yeah. So, um, so so none of our state pro- programs support those, mm-hmm. and Florida is probably the worst because Florida is a fifty to sixty four. So you have to be 50 to 64 and a female to qualify for their breast and cervical program. And so if you're, so actually at the time, uh, my head coach, her cousin found a lump on her breast and she was a freelance photographer, didn't have health insurance. Mm -hmm. And she actually was the first woman that we helped um, get her screening uh, because she just, you know, it's $1,300 for biopsy. Mm -hmm. I'm sure if you're uninsured and a freelancer, you probably don't have $1,300 laying around to go check on yourself. So, um, so not only did people believe in it, but then I saw I was actually able to help somebody. Uh, with the funds and from then and, I, and then I sat down with uh, the local Susan G. Komen affiliate mm-hmm. and I told them what I wanted to do and the state funded programs that I was telling you about had just moved to 50 and up so they took the age from moved it up 10 years moved it up 10 years and took a 6 right. billion dollar cut out of the, those breast and cervical programs that year so I remember the ED of that affiliate was like Z you want to help women under 40 good luck yeah. like, like come yeah. join us like yeah. Good luck. Go do it because now we have this other big gap that we now need to go and fill. And so, um, so I applied for my nonprofit. In April 29th, I got nonprofit. Uh, 2010, I, uh, we received our nonprofit status. That's 501c3, right? Yep. Yep. Our 501c3. And that year, uh, CrossFit and Reebok were were signing their contract together. And my good friend Jimmy and I'll be honest, I went and like go go danced and bartended to like pay for the first initial shirts and yeah. <laughs> the initial funding of the organization. I, I go go danced in college, so I hey. <laughs> went back to it. You, you were in the judgment free zone. <laughs> hey, I was healing. <laughs> it's, it, it is healing. Yeah? You're bringing happiness to people. Um, this is full disclosure interview here. Wow. <laughs> uh, but you know, sometimes people need to know the hard work you put into to building something that. Well, that, it's. You know. I mean, it's it's not a, it's not a straight shot, right? <laughs> you know, a lot of people see successful things and yeah. they think, oh, that person was born with it. Yeah. Like, you know, just it's, hand it to them. It's just something that that happened to them, yeah. or like they were destined for it. But it's like, now nah, when you peel back the covers. There's a lot of there's a lot of roads gone down yeah. and they've dead end. And you're like, all right, let's try something else. A lot right more here, failures than success. But successes. along the way, you learn, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I I think what you're what you're doing now, you know, is really I mean, facilitated by like what what you've done prior. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we so we went and uh, Jimmy got contacted me and he's like, hey, you need some shirts? And I was like, yeah, I love shirts. <laughs> like, thank you. Um, and we, we Reebok so gratefully gave us like 5,000 shirts to, to kind of give to anybody that donated to Barbells for Boobs. And that October, I remember October 8, 2010, CrossFit posted, Jordan did a video on us, on mm-hmm. the story, and the, the woman, that the first woman we were able to help and mm-hmm. put together a very beautiful story on on, on my friend and, and what my goals were and what I wanted to do because I hadn't done anything, mm-hmm. really. I mean, I helped one person, so I did something, right? Yeah. Um, and I remember that day we raised like $68,000. 68 that day, we raised sixty-eight thousand dollars. Good. And CrossFit put out that video, and then by the end of October, we raised three hundred thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah. So you've been doing this basically for a year. <laughs> basically, yeah, basically yeah. Basically for a year. Yeah. So the and first year. you've got five thousand t-shirts and yeah. roughly four hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so I go back to Susan Jacome, and I'm like, uh-huh. I raised, you know, three hundred thousand dollars. What do I do now? Like uh-huh. that was a big thing. Like, okay, you have the money. How do you help people? How do you yeah. give back? How do you set infrastructure and programs and, and really um, change what 
how do you make sure that no woman is ever told to come back when she's 40? Yeah. You know? And uh, they were like, you did what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, right? They're like pulling people in. They're like, okay, this is a bigger conversation. Yeah. Um, you know, and then the next year we raised 600000 and then $1.2 million and then $2.4 million and, the two, and we're at like $14 million raised um, since that, since nice. that day. Yeah. In just under a decade. So yeah, seven years. Yeah. Wow. Well, you've almost got your PhD, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm working on my PhD. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. I want to talk about that. So, so that's got to be so actually making money, or pardon me, pardon me, actually raising money. Mm-hmm. That's got to be extraordinary. And like, where where were your expectations? You know, uh, like before you hit maybe that you know three, four, or pardon me, five or six digit like yeah. threshold. Ooh. Um. I don't know. You know, I don't think I had any expectations. Um, I think that for so long I just lived in the trenches. And so just kind of living in this really reactive state and instead mm-hmm. of a – I feel like Barbell Shabooz is ran very proactively now. Grinding. But just yeah. grinding. It's yeah. like opening up your gym and then before you know it you have 50 people and you're like, fuck, mm-hmm. like how do I how do I scale this? How do I make sure that everyone – I treat everyone the same and how do I make sure that, that – you know, they get this quality experience coming to your facility, and and um, and I mean, I still have relationships with a lot of the people that first donated to Barbells for Boobs because mm-hmm. it was so special to me that people believed in in what I wanted to do. And so, um, how do you scale that? I mean, I still to this day we have people that have been supporting us since 2011. Oh, I so bet it's crazy. And so, how do you take that big audience and and um, and supporters mm-hmm. and be able to? You know, there was there. I guess there was no expectations. It was just like we're doing cool shit. Like you want to support it, Um, but now I'm at a place where I can actually say this is how much money I need to solve a problem, and so um, I can actually really scale it. I can really build out impact and and really drive social change. So, so so what problems are you addressing and are you solving them? Yeah. What, What are you doing now? Uh, so now the biggest problem that I find on uh, we have two programs. So mm-hmm. if, if you look at the circle, you want me to give you the circle example? Let's do it. I wish yeah. I had a whiteboard. Yeah. So, Actually, I think I saw it on the website. Yeah, the circle. Um, so I want to explain to you those, what the circle is, and and I think that this is really relative in a lot of chronic diseases and in addictions. I talk to Aaron Hoff about this all the time. Mm-hmm. So if we look at life as a circle, right? It's just the circle of life, um, and that's Sessie. <laughs> <laughs> That's Chula. Um, <laughs> she's like, I hate that photo. I look like a, jo- I look like the Joker. And so, if we take that circle and let's say we we slice it right down the middle, mm-hmm. um, and what I've learned is breast cancer is black and white. Right, you either have it or you don't. Mm-hmm. So let's call this side the right side black and the left side white. So we've built like the white side is how do we live proactively, mm-hmm. and and I think that we as CrossFitters we we just attack life proactively mm-hmm. right we go to the gym we watch, we're watching what we eat yeah. we're, we're heading heading off the problem before it becomes old. yes yeah. but our healthcare system works very reactively correct it's not proactive so i think mm-hmm. that crossfit is changing our healthcare system it's the, just the, by the, the lifeguard uh, swim coach yes yeah. yeah but the affiliates are the healthcare system they're my healthcare system yeah and so um so that's the way we attack it proactively is we have we need all the affiliates in the world to know the work that we do they need they need to know that Getting as many people in their affiliate is attacking breast cancer from, you know, on the on the yeah. lifeboat, right? And I and I want to say yeah. I think, I think, some, no, I wouldn't even say some. I think a lot of them understand that, um, but the potential for more of them to utilize that mm-hmm. and really thrive within their communities, 
I think we still haven't seen quite yet. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of potential, a lot of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I look at the proactive side. So what we've been doing on the proactive side is really ma- building a network across the country and in Australia to say, hey, if you have a breast concern, you call us, we'll navigate you and we'll help you fund your procedures. Mm-hmm. Um, so to date, we've provided over 38,000 procedures and we've diagnosed 352 cases of breast cancer. So that's the primary use of barbells for boobs mm-hmm. is to provide the mammograms uh we'll provide mammograms and we don't provide them so we'll help assist in the funding aspect okay so this is where we'll get into the evolution of that so mm-hmm. that's how it started was like oh, i just want excuse me uh, yeah i just want somebody to get a mammogram even if they can't afford mm-hmm. it so um so that's that's where a lot of our work started so we call that side of our of our organization the right to know mm-hmm. so that's a right to know program um and then what i've learned in the past you know two years is that there's this very dark side of breast cancer. And and as we've been building our workout in the community, whenever somebody gets breast cancer, they call us. Hmm. And so they're like, hey, somebody in my gym got breast cancer and, you know, thought we'd call you. And I'm like, awesome, they know. Like, we'll send them a shirt. You know, like, I was just like, I don't, cool. Yeah, we're here. Like, <laughs> but what ended up happening was like, we got all these survivors and we had this click now, mm-hmm. um, a support group. Where I mean, it's it's awesome to watch them all unite, and it's all survivors in CrossFit. Yeah, yeah and so yeah. even watching their conversations during the open, and and just kind of just talking about their fitness with mm-hmm. such a an, a very specific audience is, um, it's been a cool thing. But it's been work we've been doing that we haven't been talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, acts as a sorry to interrupt you. No, acts as no. a like a support group. Yeah, it's a support and group. And I and I see that um, I'm just talking with the Phoenix guys. Yeah, I mean, it's a support group slash community. You know when people's uh, when when their backs are up against the wall, yeah, right. Like yeah. I don't think they really have anything else. And yeah. there's, hey, we, we will support you unconditionally, and we'll get you through this tough time in your right. life. And I think that when you get a cancer diagnosis that you have really no control over, mm-hmm. the number one thing you need is a community. Yeah. And so we, my goal now is to get as many women that are diagnosed with breast cancer into a community, because I think that that is the true healing power. Because affiliates are healers, right? Yeah. Um, and so now. We get we know that on the dark side, one in eight women will go to the dark side. Seven percent will be under forty, and one in a thousand men will go there. Mm-hmm. And even once you get cancer free, you still got to go to the proactive side. You still got to get screened. Yeah. You still have yeah. to like be aware. Yeah. And we hope to God that everybody stays here, right? We hope that this is our life cycle. Mm-hmm. But the tragedy is that we do end up on that black side. You can go and, back to the dark side. And so this year, and, and you know, my my sister was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. Um, Two years ago mm-hmm. and that made me have to really look at the black side in, in the face yeah and say what am i doing and how am i showing up as barbells for boobs on that dark side mm-hmm. um and getting a lot of inquiries of my doctor says not to pick up more than three pounds my doctor says don't pick up a barbell and i'm like how can i as barbells for boobs not tell you fuck yeah you should pick up a barbell mm-hmm. and let me show you and let me teach you and let me make sure you're doing that i was like i feel like a hypocrite and so uh, we're building out a new program called the RAD program, which is Resources After Diagnosis. I love the acronym. Yeah. Well, wow. yeah, they're RAD ladies, right? I want to say RAD, the RAD. the RAD movie, the 20, no, 30-year anniversary just happened the other day. You ever see RAD? Mm-mm. Was the bicycle no. the next movie? I don't think I was even alive. Actually, I was alive. I was like three years old when it came out, but yeah, RAD. RAD. You ever see RAD? No, never. It's got that scene where they do Send Me an Angel and they like freestyle dance on the dance floor. Now I'm going to have to go watch this. Oh, man. Wow. It's like an iconic '80s movie. Um, I was put, I didn't even watch ET. Yeah. I mean, that's how close. I think I watched. I, I think I might have watched on Beta. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, so Rad program. Rad program. Say so, the acronym. What does it stand for again? Resources after diagnosis. Resources after diagnosis. Okay. Yeah. 
so that's straightforward. Yeah, so that's bringing fitness to survivorship. Mm-hmm. And so uh, what we're doing is now we're building out uh, a clinical resource library for affiliate owners, coaches. So if somebody does come into your affiliate with, mm. hey, I'm in chemo. I mean, if I, when I was coaching, if somebody came into my affiliate, I'm going through chemo or I'm a breast cancer survivor, mm-hmm. I would I'd be clueless. And yeah. so making sure that coaches and affiliates are supported for any walk of life that comes through, especially I'm, I feel completely responsible if it's a woman's breast health care. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure that affiliates have that information at their fingertips. Um, and and CrossFit Foundation just helped us in supporting a, a financial assistance to that program. So awesome. um, providing scholarships to the affiliate at affi- affiliate level to survivors. So Wow. So we'll be launching that program this year. And the way that our right to know, so our right to know, so we've been funding procedures and doing all this madness. And mm-hmm. and although we've raised a lot of money, it's not a lot of money when it comes to actually paying for procedures across the country. Oh, yeah. Um, and Australia. And Australia. Mm-hmm. And so what we learned and what I kind of looked at what we were doing was um, I feel like we were just putting a Band-Aid on the problem mm-hmm. instead of actually really exposing the problem so then you can have a bigger audience to try to change those guidelines and yeah, lift yeah. those guidelines and advocate for those guidelines. I mean, fully executing systemic change takes time, yes. money, resources. It yes. takes a lot. It takes a lot. But what I looked at, what Barbell Reboots really did well was we just had a very big network of people that were willing to be loud and aggressive and talk about things and share it. Right? Sounds like the CrossFit community. CrossFit yeah. community, right? Yeah. So I'm like, should we really be paying for this? Yes, if it's like last need, last resort. Mm. But I think that we have a really chance, a bigger chance here to be loud about it and make sure that we'll answer the phone if you have a breast concern. So right now our priority on the right to know side is to be the first responders of uh, breast concerns. And so we're launching a national hotline. Um, my team doesn't like me saying a hotline because it's way deeper than that. But I just, I'm like, well, I, I, like want, I, want, I want Drake to sponsor like it. You know? I, yeah, I was like, Drake would sponsor it, right? If, if I just said hotline, right? He's a crossfitter. <laughs> I'm sure he likes breasts, right? I, I, I think mean, we can get some wind in these things. <laughs> Dre, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to be like, brought to you by Drake. Yeah. Um, Do you still have any of those 5,000 shirts? Maybe we can send Dre one. <laughs> so, um, so we're launching it this year, but it's really going to be, if you have a breast concern, you're going to call us, a human will pick up mm-hmm. and respond to you and hand walk you all the way until you find a provider and you get screened. Um, and we'll be adding a financial assistance piece to that as well. Oh, so somebody to go through this process yeah. with you. Yes. Someone to go through the dark side with you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that's what we're we're working on building out right now, and um, I'm really excited about the RAD program just because uh, what we've done on the Right to Know, I don't get to meet anybody that we help. Mm-hmm. And on the RAD side, it's like, man, I get to work out with them. I get yeah. to text them, see how to check up on them. Is there um, is there a link to RAD at all? Anything on the uh, site? So if you go to our work. For those of you listening, we are on the barbells oh, right for boobs. So you can either org. so scroll down. You can either get screened or you can get rad. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So those are. Oh, I like programs. the way this is organized. I, I'm starting to see how yeah. it's organized. You see now. my brain now? Yeah, I, I can. I can get it. Yeah. Well, not entirely. I don't, <laughs> I don't think I get it entirely. <laughs> I've got a small glimpse, and I like it. You yeah. have beautiful hair, by the way. Hair? Yeah. Thank you. Your hair is incredible. Thank Unless you. I've like like scoured your Instagram and seen like different iterations of your hair. My braids. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love the I love the the, the flat top. Yeah, one. the mohawk. Yeah, your hair is beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um so so this is what's going on. We've got yeah. the rad, right to know or rad. Right to know and rad. Both resources. This is for being on the dark side, yeah. not being advocacy, navigation. Yeah. Yeah. So how many not mammograms, but how many 
breast was it breast assessments yeah <laughs> so it was, that wasn't right no yeah no you're trying though uh, Try again. I, it was in the spirit the same is, spirit yeah. of it right uh Breast exams. Breast exams. We could call it that. Yeah, I feel like that's too simplistic. Mammograms. Mammograms. Cl- well, there's clinical exams and then mammograms and okay. then biopsies, MRIs. I mean, which one do you want? Uh, <laughs> Ultrasounds. It's multiple ways to detect. Okay. What's what's a, what's a blanket term for all of that? Mm. Bad question. I call it direct services. Direct services. Yeah. <laughs> how many how many direct services have you assisted in funding for people under the barbells for barbells for boobs? Scroll down. I think it's on there. I think it's thirty eight thousand now. Boom. Forty five thousand. Forty five thousands. Yeah. Forty five thousand. So forty five thousand procedures provided. Two hundred and twenty five procedures provided. Yep. Okay, I like procedures provided. That, that paints a picture for me. There you go. Procedures. There you go. Procedures. And so, what is what's the difference? Served. What's an, what's an individual yeah. served? So, uh, one person might need like a mammogram and an ultrasound. Okay. So they might say, "Okay, we did a mammogram, but we see something, and we want to take another test, and and it might be an ultrasound, or MRI, just depending on what the the provider wants, the 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 um, doctor wants." And so, um, what this tells you right here is that more than likely. A lot of our people we've served had had two procedures. Oh, okay. If you look at that average, so that makes okay. My small brain is starting to pick this up. <laughs> I mean, we try to do it in like really like simple. Yeah, no, no, no. It's it's good. It's it's starting to make sense. I'm seeing a flow to everything. And it's it, I, I'm used I'm used to clunkier websites. This is actually very nice. My husband did it. Yeah, it's nice, right? I think it looks awesome. Yeah, my husband's talented. So they get served. Mm-hmm. Procedures provided, multiple. Yep. Now, how how does this get? What what, what does this mean? Cases of breast can- cancer. Yeah. Cancer. Detected. Out of these twenty three thousand people, three hundred fifty one of them had breast cancer. Okay. And three of them are men. Three of them are men. Mm-hmm. That was the the male breast cancer procedure called a manogram. <laughs> I bet I bet you hear that probably every day. No. I've been I've been sitting on it for an hour. I. I <laughs> I'm waiting waiting to use it. Eric, you're not even amused by that, huh? You're not amused. Uh... Wow, I get it. Okay, tough crowd. Nanograms. Tough crowd in here. Yeah. I, I take the vest off when I lose. I lose all <laughs> <Yeah>. respect. Huh? <laughs> so three of three of those are men. Yeah, three of them in the same in the how, same county. How old? I, you know, what? I can't. We can't release the oh, age. Fair enough. Due to HIPAA laws, but. How do you how how does how do you detect for a a man? Like, same way, a mammogram. How? Can you like? Can you can you? Sh- I mean, you don't have to touch me. Can you like direct me? And- <laughs> Like well, if you go to my I, Instagram, I, I did a mammogram. I mean, I'm basing this off of like the two Sex and the City episodes I've seen. <laughs> you get, you get in the shower, mammogram. you get in the shower, right, and you put your arm up. It's like that. <laughs> oh, but I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's you. That's me. <laughs> gorgeous hair. That's good. Gorgeous hair. What? So, is there any way to like, like, can I just like check myself to like kind of feel around? Sure. I mean, is it? Should, should I? Do I go on the nipple? You can. Um, is the left or right one? Which one is? Well, both. You should be checking both. Oh, I've got to check both. Yeah. We'll start with one. I'm right-handed, so let's start with the left. Okay, one. put your arm up. See, I told you I kind of knew what I was doing. Okay, so it's up. Uh, this like bent or up? Sure. Yeah. Am I still in frame? Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. just kidding. Okay. Frame. Are we doing a breast exam right now? I, I'd like. Okay, to, I'd like awesome. to get one. I mean, just very very topical. You can you can direct me. So do I? Do okay. I, so start at your nipple. With what what finger? Do you, these two fingers, and you okay. want to have it just right here. Okay. 
So go right into the center. Believe, of your I, nipple. I've touched a nipple before. Believe okay. It or not. Well, okay. men should know this because they're the ones touching breasts, I, right? I have very small nipples. I was very self-conscious for a long time about them. Okay, <laughs> this might be hard. So what you want to do is you want to create a circular pattern. Okay. And you want to start right at your nipple and so kind of circle around through your nipple. And as you can kind of graze, so you don't want it to be a hard touch, right? How, because how, how am I doing? You're A plus. Okay. You're you're crushing okay, it right so. now. Christian Lucero would be really happy right now. Keep talking. Keep keep talking. <laughs> Just don't, just don't talk to it. And the, the, the biggest part is the breast tissue is so big, right? Yeah. And so the landscape of the breast is um, way larger than just the nipple, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. you want to make sure because it can end up here. Oh, and you can find all the way a lump up in the here. armpit. Yeah, because that's where your lymph nodes are. And so really taking that gentle um, circular motion through your entire breast and examining it all the way underneath, all the way through, up and through here. Um, because women have found lumps here that have been breast cancer. So, um, yeah, I mean, we could do a real, like, formal breast exam video and blast it to everybody. Okay. Um, I feel pretty confident with this yes, one. Yeah. Am I, am, I, am I, is it mainly, like, am I pinch, like pinching or, like, feeling with these two yeah, fingers? Yeah, with those two fingers, yeah. I feel like I'm kind of a natural at this. Yeah, you are. You're, you're a pro. <laughs> and then there's multiple ways to do it. That's the one, the way, I, and depending on what type of, I have really dense breasts, and so that's mm-hmm. why I feel like I could really feel the tissue. Okay. Um, but I'm also a massage therapist, so. Yeah, you my, know, you're, you're you're like a cheater here. Yeah, like my my sensory in my fingers is so crazy uh-huh. that I could it's it's not so, so I can feel differently. We could just we could just line up breasts and you could just be like no 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 yes no no no, no, no yes. <laughs> I don't need the nipple. I can I can find. And I just like pat him on the butt. You're yeah. good, girl. You're good, girl. <laughs> like, 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 woman, 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 man, man, woman. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's fascinating. Um, so. so this is the best way to check, though. Yes. Right? What is this machine called? This is a mammogram. I, that was actually a mammogram. That's so a, mammogram. a mammogram. How often do you get checked? This was my first one. Oh. Um, my first one and my only one that I've ever done, and it came out negative, so I'm good. Hey, congrats. Yeah, thanks. It's good. I live proactively. Yeah, but it's ne- but. <laughs> Oh, this is a real thing. Yes. Yeah, it's a real thing. Oh. Oh. We're doing it for science. Oh, uh, this is. Does it hurt? Ah. Um, no. It looks like it hurts. It looks like it's hurting this man. I don't think he's <laughs> yeah. doing a very good job. You know what hurts the most is it hurt. It hurts your ego a little bit. Like there's somebody just squishing your breast. You yeah, know, you look. A, you yeah. look kind of vulnerable there. Yeah, it it crushes your ego, but outside of that, I mean, pain-wise, it didn't hurt. For this listening, we're watching a man. See, so you're touching too hard. You're, you're too aggressive. Well, I, I was trying to give it. The, I was trying to give it the speed wash on this one. Oh my gosh! All right, Goldman. That was amazing. Kath Goldman, go check that. Like, I like all home. this education happening right now. I feel much more informed. <laughs> I had I had to get that man the manogram yes. off my chest yes. and sitting there. But we are not the experts in self-diagnosis. We just we want no, to say no, no, we'll, yeah. we'll we'll help you get to. To the place you need to. I mean, it's like a, it's it's the beginning of the journey, right? Yeah. Basic yeah. understanding. Yeah, Because I mean, I think I think a lot of people. I mean, we joke about it too, but I mean, breast cancer in men. I mean, it's equally as serious as women. Just yeah. because the numbers aren't as high doesn't mean it's not as serious. Right. And that, that it shouldn't be taken serious. So it's yeah. very serious. Absolutely. So, but I'll tell you one of my favorite stories about the right to know stuff, and yeah. and because this data is like really cool, right? Like mm. our community can look at this and be like, wow, that's that's amazing. But so there's this woman in Texas. Her name is Nicole Kepler. And uh, I met her at, you know, at a, an event in Texas and we shared Sessie's story. We go out there, you know, 
Chad Vaughn lifts 315 pounds. It's a big show. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, the next year, came back and she came up to me and she was like, "Z, I want you to know Barbell Street saved my life." And I was like, "Wow, that's like that's a bold statement. Like, how do we save your life?" Mm-hmm. And she said, "You know, I, I heard Sassy's story last year. Um, that next week, I found a lump on my breast." And she's like, if I hadn't heard Sessie's story, because she was 32, young mom, affiliate owner, mm-hmm. super healthy, she's like, I would have never thought. Never would have checked. I could have gotten breast cancer. Huh. And so she's like, I called, I advocated for a mammogram, and she was diagnosed with stage two breast cancer. Now, stage two, what what, what, is, what does that mean? Is that is it to the point of return or what? No, stage two is, that no. So there's four stages. So it's really just saying what, where has it cultivated and how far into... Um, into the cells and into your body has the cancer spread in okay. a sense um, or how big is the mass I mean there's different ways that the staging is kind of a I think it's kind of bullshit but Fair. that's just my perspective because there you go thank you Eric Watch like it. has it gone into your limb <laughs> like where is it located All the, they go through all these different uh, okay. layers to figure out what the stages are Okay. Um, so stage 2 is pretty early stage 2 is early yeah You're, I, is I'm, early. I mean this is probably gonna get roasted on the internet for this but as you progress along your the odds of get overcoming it the the chances go down yes okay chances are higher here you want to be on the left side you want to be on the left side okay yeah so it's all, I'm, I'm starting i'm seeing the flow more yeah but there's there's still this like once you have breast cancer you're vulnerable for re-diagnosis mm-hmm. right so it's just i think just getting that that diagnosis period is just a scary as a scary moment in your life yeah. And so to know that we we are influencing people to at least have the information to mm-hmm. change it or to fix it and to catch it here more so than here yeah is like uh is is the goal so I mean, so I didn't so much obsess over the impact numbers after I heard that yeah after that I was like oh fuck like there's so much work we're doing and I don't I don't even know we're doing it mm-hmm. so it's kind of cool that is very cool yeah God. so. So 351 diagnosed from the 45,000 that have mm-hmm. gone through. What does, thank you, I'm struggling for that number. So, <laughs> <This is 351. laughs> there's a bunch of numbers up here. Um, so how many, how many of these, I mean, what, what is like the success rate when we get here for people who have gone through the program for mm. lack of a better term? I don't know. No? Yeah. So that's the, that's, that was the hard part on the right to know program is, we don't ever meet these people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the way that we did it was we contracted out with medical professionals and, and hospitals and breast centers. Um, and their one requirement is with a diagnosis, you are responsible for the continuum of care. So all of our partners make sure that they get into a treatment program. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm advocating more and I want to be more connected to who we're serving and have that information. So then that way, when they are diagnosed, then they can automatically go into our RAD program and oh. get them into fitness. So what I think that we are responsible for is being um, like we can give fitness as a prescription where doctors aren't doing that. Ah, ah, ah. What a noble concept. <laughs> Crazy, isn't it? So if we say like we go back to the circle and we say um, exercise and fitness is the only preventative measure for mm-hmm. cancer, the minute that we get diagnosed, it's the first thing to go. It should be the first treatment plan exercise and fitness and fitness and nutrition and um and so what you're hearing a lot is my doctor thinks that crossfit's crazy 
you know, my oncologist doesn't mm. want me picking up with three more, more than three pounds and all this stuff. And so uh, we're really dedicated to saying we want doctors and oncologists and the medical professionals to know if somebody comes to your office as an athlete, a fit, or, you know, has an active lifestyle and mm-hmm. wants to continue, we want them to prescribe barbells for boobs. Wow. We want them to say, go to the RAD program. Well, here's some people who have their shit together and know what they're doing. Yeah. They're going to help you. I mean, some days I do. <laughs> eh. And if I don't, I find somebody that's smarter than me and <laughs> figure it out. Well, that, that, that is a form of intelligence. Massive. Yeah. So, um, so I want to talk now about the, uh, your PhD program. <laughs> Since there's, there's a school, the school of barbells for boobs. Oh no, barbells, barbells for boobs university. university. <laughs> and you are, Almost an alumni. You're like a yeah. You're, you're like the head of a frat. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm like the dean. Yeah, the dean. There we go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a sorority. No, you can be you can be the dean of the school. So you, I mean, so barbell. How many people work for barbells for boobs? Six. Six people. Was not expecting that number. <laughs> <laughs> I did not segue seamlessly into my next question. <laughs> Six people. Okay. So it's crazy, right? you are changing lives all over the United States and Australia with six people. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so and they've all been with me since day one. Oh wow! Pretty much like, and they we all trained at the same gym, so we're all from CrossFit Costa Mesa. Wow. All of us. Oh, uh, um, Max, 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 Max Mormon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As our coach. Yeah, yeah. Max is awesome. Yeah. I worked out at um, when I lived in Costa Mesa for a year and a half, maybe two years. I worked out at CrossFit Balboa. Oh yeah, when Max was John, there. Yeah, John yeah. and Max. And then I think Max left. I, left. I went and worked out in my garage. And yeah. Then yeah. came up. I here, think but... everyone goes through that cycle. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's it's funny. It's it's like I I started CrossFitting in Santa Cruz and I left and I was like, oh, it's gonna be you know great. And it's like the next gym you go to. It's like nothing is ever like your first. No. Right? It never is. My mom just went through that. Oh. Like she so she went to CrossFit Meta in Brea, and then she left. Now she's in San Diego and she found CrossFit Sun. But throughout that's a, right, that's, okay. yeah, throughout a few like before she got there, yeah. there was a few others that she's like, yes, yes. Like she'd like call me crying. Like she'd text the texts are like pages long. I'm like, Aww. gosh. I'm like, well, it's hard. You just got to go, mom. Yeah, you know, like you'll it's find... like starting a new high school, you know? Yeah, like, it really yeah. is. Yeah. It's like, you know, your first love, you're never going to replicate that. But no. it's, you know, it's going to be good. You know, just give it a little just time. Give, yes. And you're going to find the community that you really get along with. Yes. And that's going to be what the staying power is. Yeah. And, or you might not. And that's okay. Might, yeah. And this, you go and try another community. Yeah, you're gonna find something. Find it. It's it's gonna push you in a direction yeah. some way or yeah. another. Yeah. But she she likes it at Sun. She's a big fan. They're, they're, she actually she sends me videos all the time. It's like they're the craziest people I've ever met in my life. Yeah, they seem like, like it. They're just like <laughs> the craziest. Like what? They're just the most passionate, craziest community I've ever met in my life. Yeah. Just like. Um, like you walk in and you're like, you guys are fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm just like, how? How do you guys raise so much money? How do you guys? And they just give back so much. I mean, they like giving sleeping bags to homeless people. They have like, they have a fun and easy or fun and easy committee or giving like fun and I don't even know. Like they have an entire <laughs> committee responsible to give like 365 days of the year. Insane. Like I went to visit them in January and they're like, we're not ready for you, Z. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're fatigued. We're barbells removed fatigued right now. And I'm like, cool. I just want to work out with you guys. It's totally cool. Yeah, I haven't even gotten to work out there yet. I was down there in December, but I don't, I don't, I don't know why we didn't work out there. Mark is, uh, Mark and Andrea that run it are pretty, pretty, impre- pretty impressive people. Oh, well, Mark and Andrea, I can't wait to meet you one of these days. Yeah. Say, say and they have mom. kids from three different generations. So they have a kid that's graduating from high school this year. Okay. And she's pregnant. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> hey, didn't we talk about uh, someone like this yesterday? Didn't Todd say he had a he had a grandkid? Yeah. Uh, no, the girl 39. is not pregnant. His mm. Andrew, the mom is pregnant. Oh, the mom is pregnant. <laughs> the girl, oh. No, not the kid. Oh, they not have the kids from three different generations. <laughs> they have kids from three different generations. Oh, that's impressive. <laughs> it's like every 10 years they have a kid. That's, uh, <laughs> that's some strong fertility. <laughs> Something's in the water down there. I'm going to tell my mom not to drink out of the water fountain. <laughs> It's too late, mom. Sons. No more. I don't. I don't want a brother or a sister. Um, yeah. So uh, back to back to the university. Okay, my, yeah, that was a horrible segue. Employee, hey, go back to employees. my six employees from CrossFit Customation. You just you just knew you knew where I was going with that. You're like, I'm gonna let them drive off the cliff. Yeah, totally. So you have you have a university. You want a university. You're doing a university. What I'm building what, it right what, now. You're building it. What, what, what is it? Um, so it's my idea of number one, how our country really trains nonprofits, mm-hmm. which is not the best. And at least in my experience, especially eight years ago, coming into it, like what kind of information was out there about how to build nonprofits. So not only do I run a nonprofit, um, but I also run run in the CrossFit space. And then I run okay. one where ninety nine percent of our fundraising is peer to peer community based fundraising. Okay. So there's not a lot of models that you could, or, or organizations where you can go out and learn from and say, there's, there's some simple, um, templated things that you, you want to, you know, you need a marketing plan, you need to run social media and there's some templates. Of well, I mean, but to, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it right. Right. right? Totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, and so this idea came up with kind of just like how, um, how much number one I've learned and I've been, been a student in learning and building mm-hmm. barbells for boobs, um, as well as my team. So mm-hmm. every single person that works for Barbells Reviews didn't have a nonprofit background. They just had a really big heart, right? Yeah. And they wanted to to change this. They wanted the same change I wanted. Mm-hmm. And they came from my community. And so I believed in them. They believed in me. And so it was this great relationship. So it turned into, wow, we became this really knowledgeable company mm-hmm. where we get asked a lot of questions. Battle tested. Yeah. Like we really have pioneered a, a lot of a lot of things in the nonprofit space and in the fitness space as well. Mm -hmm. And so, so I kind of took that idea and we always kind of joked about it at Barbells for Boobs. Um, and I was like, no, I'm like, this could be like something cool and real. And, 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 um, how do you evaluate employees and how do you get, make them better and how do you invest in them and how do you make them assets? And, and so kind of looking at this and how do you define if they get a raise, all this stupid, like I call it stupid. Mm -hmm. It's really the, the part about running a company that I hate the most is like how do you evaluate employees and performances and how do you compensate people because if it was up to me if you're giving back to you should you know you should be compensated well and you should be taken care of and that's a misconception in the nonprofit space if you want to dedicate your life to giving to others you shouldn't make any money is the ideology in our country um and it's always you're reprimanded for wanting to do good Mm -hmm. instead of actually rewarded and so i was like how do i build a system that creates education and um get, be, makes a, an employee a great asset and another and also a coach and an educator and as well as reward them mm-hmm. for the work that they're doing and the hours they put in so um so i kind of came up with this concept of like wow we're, we've all kind of been through the university so everyone's been with me for at least four years mm-hmm. so i was like man these people are graduating like they're getting their <laughs> master's and I've been doing it going on eight years, you know, so I'm like, I'm getting my PhD, like what's next, you know? Um, and so I'm coming up with this concept of, Hey, everyone coming in and I want to do like a, a base, uh, minimum wage salary that mm-hmm. you can live in orange County on. 
and then come in as a freshman. And so your first two years, your freshman, sophomore, you're in general, general ed. And there's going to be general requirements that you have to take on just basic processes and systems that we use as in internally at our in our organization. But but uh, skills that could be used for nonprofits elsewhere. Um, skills that yes would adapt them to any nonprofit. Okay. Kind of understanding how to read a 990, understanding a KPI, understanding how you know theory of change, all those those things. Do you are... know what a KPI is, Eric? No. <laughs> Okay. Just maybe you can submit an application. You might yeah, be able to learn. You might be able to get like key performance indicators. Yeah. You know how to. I mean, that, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I want to see if I can. And so, um, so we started. You know, so that's just like base knowledge. So, mm-hmm. so I want to give that knowledge that every nonprofit pretty much has and shares. And and then um, by your second, after your second year, by your second year, you're going to have to be able to claim a, a major. Mm-hmm. So we have a program team. We have transparency, which is like finance, operations, ethics, and compliance. We have an innovation team, which is creative, marketing, and communications. Um, and then we have our program team, and I call it our impact team. So it's like our program services, so the mm-hmm. right to know a rad, and then giving, so fundraising and, uh, okay. and development. So so you get to pick your major, and then you'll have subject matter courses. And then every mm-hmm. course you take and complete, you get a raise. Oh. And so the goal is, is that by the time you're leaving your master's, you should be able to make $100,000 in the social sector. Wow. And you should be able to run a company. You should be able to lead a team. You should be able to build strategy. You should be able to help other nonprofits. And then mm. by your 10th year, I want you the fuck out. <laughs> like, you should be tapped on boobs, right? You should be like, yeah, I've done. I've saved all the boobs I can save. Done. And now I want you to go and help or build your own nonprofit or go, yeah. you know, help another small nonprofit grow and, and kind of and be better. And so like, I have one girl that's been with me for five years and she wants to build schools. So yeah. I'm like, cool, let's get you in the next five years. Let's get you in that, in that journey. So, so she would be, she has her bachelor's. She's she has worked, her bachelor's. She's her master's. She's, yeah. This is her first year in her master's. She, she's a fifth year. She's yeah, a fifth, fifth year. Fifth she's year. Fifth year. She's a fifth year. She's from CrossFit. And she's from CrossFit Costa Mesa too. She still trains oh, there. No way. <laughs> she's breaststurting right now. Breaststurting. Yeah. And she lost her mom, her grandma to breast cancer. So it's like, oh. she's got the passion. She's got the drive. She's, yeah. she's a CrossFit. She's got the mindset. She puts hard work in. And, and when she came, it was deciding if she was going to go back to school to get her master's or come work for us. Huh. Turns out there yeah. she's going back to school and she's working for you. Yeah, and you're getting paid to go to school. That's why right. not. So you're empowering people to go forth and make change, but just equipped with yeah all the tools. Yeah. Whereas I, my 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 basic horrible understanding of five hundred one c threes, pretty much all I know is what they're called five hundred one c threes, is people get into it similarly to how you did. Mm-hmm. They just they have a passion for wanting to make change. Yeah. Wherever that is, wherever it comes from, right. that's. But their knowledge of what it takes to actually do that, I mean, it's it's like an uphill battle, right? Yeah, but because you have passion to make change, we should be able to provide you to be able to do that. And there's plenty yeah. of work to do for people with passion that want to make change. Oh, yeah. Um, and I believe that they should be able to pay rent too. Yeah. And maybe go on a vacation once a year. Or something. Well, if you have 100k, that's what that's probably like half as much you need to live in Orange County. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> it's pretty much the same up here it's, too. It's poverty line. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> I, I, it's, I mean, we work with people all over the world, right. all over the country, and you know, people drop. You know, and I, somebody was here from somebody was here from Texas or Houston. Yeah. And like, oh, we're moving into our house, and they're like, oh yeah, we paid three fifty for it. 
we built it ourselves, you know, from the ground up. I'm yeah. like, good God. <laughs> I can't even, 50. Yeah, can't even can't imagine. imagine. But it's like, hey, you live in Texas. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. So you're saying have... we're going to Texas next year? No, we're not going to Texas. <laughs> it's like you live in Texas. Have fun with that. No, my wife is from Santa Cruz. We will live in Santa Cruz probably forever. Uh, it's a cool place. It's my first time in Santa Cruz. Yeah, it's, it's uh, there's, I can't really think of another place like it. Oh, well, I said it coming in. I was like, this is like a beach mountain town. Yeah. Like, I felt like I was going up to Big Bear, but I yeah. was like, no. Well, one of the cool, have you been down um, on West Cliff, down by the no. lighthouse? Mm -mm. So if you drive, there's West Cliff. It basically goes along the water. Uh -huh. And you can see the tree line that kind of surrounds Santa Cruz. Okay. And it's just like, you've got redwoods running into the ocean. Oh, man. And it's, it's pretty, it's pretty epic. And we're really secluded here, so not a lot, like, but I heard it's commerce wise like, gets uh, in. I hear that the, the talk of the town is the traffic. Oh, it's bad. Oh, it's like, oh, but you want to go there? You, you give yourself 45 minutes to but get it's, there. It's nothing like. <laughs> That's what we're paying for. Yes. Yeah, big old, big old tub of water. Yeah. But it's nothing like Orange yeah. County, LA traffic. Yeah, that's. It's different. Like, I mean, that's. Yeah, so that's West, that's Westcliff, but like. Oh my God, that's beautiful. The the freeway is just two two more lanes than that. So, right, no, I was on it last night. Yeah, and exactly. It was, there was traffic. Yeah, there's, there's traffic all day. I mean, it's not like. It's not like the five going by Disneyland where you've got, you know, seven, <laughs> seven lanes on each side, carpool. Two car accidents each, yeah. on yeah. each and side. Everyone in the town in town is on the street right now. It's, it's, it's closing down two lanes. Yeah. It's, not, it's nothing quite like it's that. It's a little but, different. Yeah. But it's it, it's cool. It's it's a unique place and it's what I call home. But No, yeah, no, it's beautiful. I've had a good time. Just Eric, you're getting the. Al, yeah, Eric lives up in the hills. He's nostalgic. He wants yeah. to live down by the water. I'm off the grid. Uh, I'm on a septic. Are you on the water? No, I'm in this neighbor. My house is like, pause it. It's right there. No, <laughs> my house is not right there. My, well, my in-law's house is, uh, it's like right there. We live like, where it's right like, like unbelievable, underneath Thrawn, Thrawn drone or something like that. I'm kind of over there. Over here. It's like technically the West Side neighborhood. But I mean, I could see myself living there for the rest of my life too. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It is a cool place. Um, oh, but with that being said, there's not a lot of uh, like, Big name stores that come in and pop right. up the area. That makes sense. So I mean, it's nice in one, one regard because it's a lot of local community, <clears throat> but at the same time, if you want to get something from Target, it's not just hey, let's go to the store and get it. You know, oh, we got to wait till the week. I got to wait till tomorrow. Or uh, you know, it's that's kind of nice. My son calls Target circles. Circles. Yeah, mm -hmm. circles. That's kind of good. It's good generic name for it. Circles. Um, that's where I got the concept. Yeah, no, I, I think I think it's a beautiful concept. <laughs> Um, so I'm going to bring this thing full circle. Cool. Let's do it. Uh, hopefully I, I you can full huh? circle. Yeah, you see yeah, I did there? There, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully so you clever. can, uh, set me up better than the six people that work for you. Last <laughs> <day>. <laughs> I walked right into it. <laughs> so you're here this week with yes. the rest of the nonprofits that, um, the partner would be this, the right word with the foundation. Um, work with, work with, yeah, I'd say part, yeah, it's like partnership, work. partnership. Yeah. Cool. So you work with the foundation. You've gathered to swap ideas mm -hmm. and kind of help. Kind of just, I mean, network. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Really, that's kind of like the the theme I keep coming back to with yeah. with the nonprofits, especially in the CrossFit space. Like, you network. They network within themselves and then amongst the rest of the nonprofits. Yeah. Everyone kind of just trades, you know, tips and what works for me, what works for you. It's really like a support group, so that you realize you're not the only crazy person out there. Yeah, that's reassuring. <laughs> 
<laughs> we don't get much done other well, than I mean, complain and vent. For a long time, CrossFitters were like that. I, yeah. I feel like back in 2007, you know, yeah. even before then, there were people as like, is there anybody like yeah. me? There was a few people on the internet on this random website. Yeah. <laughs> that I'm like, uh, like obsessed with checking their times. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I'm like are, are we the only people out there? Yeah. But now there's a community of nonprofits. Yeah. How, how many are, how many are here this week? Uh, I think there was about 12 of us. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it all originated actually through Kevin Ogar. Oh, do tell. Um, so Kevin Ogar, accident. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very fortunate enough to be in a place that I could assist him and or our team. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, Barbell Street, we shut down operations for 72 hours and did that. And so um, that was my first connection with the CrossFit Foundation because the CrossFit Foundation mm-hmm. really wanted to come in and assist with uh, Kevin Ogar. And so they had seen us on the sidelines, so they kind of just tapped right into us and knew that we were probably a gateway into getting a hold of Kevin. Mm-hmm. And so we went to the ECC um, to meet with Josh Murphy that, that kind of runs the, the foundation. Oh, yeah. And um, and, the, and EC, ECC was doing a big fundraiser for Kevin at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kevin was still, was he in the hospital? I think he was just, yeah, he was still in the hospital because it was like... 2013. No. Whatever it was the same Four, year that he was injured. I think it was thirteen. Yeah, it was the same yeah. year he was injured. So it was like a few weeks after his injury, uh-huh. we were out there, um, and so Josh and I started kind of talking about, you know, how how do we help Kevin? And and I said, you know, I think that that it's really important when things like this happen in our or in our community, and and when people are out there doing good, and um, and and Kevin actually came. He was supposed to stay with me two days after that OC throwdown that year because he wanted to start his own nonprofit. Oh yeah, North County, yeah. And so. I have a lot of the nonprofits coming to me for advice mm-hmm. and my expertise and, you know, kind of coming to me for problem solving. And I just told Josh, I was like, you know, we need to create a space where we can all get together and do this, this work together. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, people are calling me literally asking me permission to run a nonprofit in the CrossFit space. And I was like, <laughs> it's like, I don't own charity yeah. in CrossFit. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't care. Yeah, sure. Flattered. Thank yeah, you. Flattered, but no, no, no. Come, come, come yeah. on, come all. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Good. We're doing good things over here. So, yeah. um, then what I found is like affiliates, I, I think it's great that we can provide an, an outlet to give and affiliates, they're going to want different things, right? Like, mm-hmm. so an affiliate, may want to support breast cancer an affiliate may want to support vets an affiliate may want to support kids and so i think the more that we can build nonprofits with this mindset of a crossfitter mm-hmm. the better it is for our country because again i absolutely agree better for our healthcare system so i hope that this turns into you know more people and and keeps growing but you know we have, we've got a fantastic foundation so we we cover breast cancer homeless children fitness for children you know underserved young uh, populations uh, veterans, veterans, yeah. adaptive athletes. Um, it's pretty. It, it's it's a it's humbling to be a part of it. So, it so is, that's where it started. So we've yeah. this was our seventh meeting mm. as a as a as a tribe. Oh really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. And uh, how, is this is the most the most you've had twelve nonprofits altogether? Yeah, pretty much. This was probably the the most productive meeting we've had. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Finally, hey. well, we're all kind of like, kind of know what we're doing now. Yeah. Like before, it'd be like, we want, we need a board of directors. What's that? You know. <laughs> well, I, I tell you, from from my perspective, it looks like you guys have it all figured out. Oh no. I'm sure. I'm sure you don't. But I'm telling you, it's it looks like a well-oiled machine. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. It's it's been pretty impressive just interacting with all of you around the office, and it's like wow. Yeah, we're we're really fortunate. There's some amazing 
people out there like you feel like so we look at crossfit in itself and how many lives it changed like crossfit changed my life i'm sure changed your life like Mm -hmm. how impactful just crossfit has been to changing lives and then like so if we can say that crossfit is the foundation and then again crossfit foundation (laughs) and then you get to add mountains and build mountains for the community and that and it's like it's these nonprofits that now take their self-improvements and want to improve more people, more populations, and want to expose this foundational yeah. level of CrossFit to more people. I'll take you a step further there. Go. Talking with the Phoenix guys this morning, they talked about taking people to the top of mountains. Mm. And they said, you know, we're not gonna, yeah, we're not gonna just tell them to do it. We're gonna help them get up we'll there. Get there and then when they see what's at the top, they'll say, oh, this is what I'm doing. This is really, this, is, this is bigger than me. They're going to Zion. They're going to Zion. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we brought this podcast full circle. I think I think I, I feel I feel redeemed from from asking how many people worked at barbells for boobs. <laughs> what you th- how many people did you think worked at? Yeah, it was like a, a couple hundred. Yeah. Oh, a couple digits. Yeah, at least a hundred. <laughs> I mean, talk about the wind just coming out of my sails. And I was like, I was going downhill, and I got the speed bobbles, and I hit a pebble. Six of us. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes the whole operation even more impressive. Makes it special. Yeah, you guys are doing great. Thank you. Um, I want to bring this back around. Cross the Foundation. Yeah. If you have any interest in doing anything with it, basically if you have any questions about what we've talked about, go to CrossFit.com slash foundation. You can find it through .com too. So yeah. just go there, poke around, and you'll find it. There's some people doing CrossFit on the front page of it. You'll find it eventually. There is lots of good stuff happening. Yeah. yeah, lots of it. Lots of it. And I wish we could have each each of the five hundred one c three each of the nonprofits on here, but I guess time just won't allow. Yeah, you can call us social social entrepreneurs. I like that more. Yeah, social so entrepreneurs. entrepreneurs. I'm actually gonna write that down. <laughs> social. Yeah, is, are you recording, Eric? Uh, okay. Because I like to think of myself as a for profit entity. Because the more profit we make, the more people we help. Yeah, yeah it's, I mean. <laughs> No, I, all I, the profit I, goes to our programs. So yeah, yeah. profit, profit, profit. Well, it, it is. It is kind of. It, it isn't very intuitive. You think nonprofit, and you're like, oh, they just they don't keep any money. They don't. Yeah. It's it's kind of it's it's a weird term. It is a real. It it's yeah. Hopefully we 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 revolutionize that. Well, but I will say, and you're doing the work of you're you're changing the game. Yeah, I hope so. You know, it's it seems like you're just it was played a certain way, but you're going, hey, this is a better way to do yeah. it. Yeah. Well, this is my way. You know, it's like. You either get on. We always talk about it. You're either on the bus or you're off. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. People get on the bus. People get off. You I don't really on, care. You're either I'm playing just, on the field or you're on the bench. I'm just driving. Yeah. I'm just like <laughs> I go to bus stops. And you want anyone? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> We've had people like flat, like like leave through the window, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, your website barbellsforboobs.com. Dot org. Dot org. Yep. And pull that back up, Aaron or Eric. Aaron. Aaron. I've been around you way too much the last two days. Yeah, so if you wanted, if you want to help, if mm-hmm. you want to do anything with your website, this is the landing yeah. page for everything. Yeah, we fundraise to Tech Save. Cool. You got any uh, shout-outs you want to throw out? Anybody? Um, I would like to thank... No. <laughs> <laughs> First, I'd like to thank the Academy. <laughs> I would like to thank Savon. Um, he's been fantastic. He who shall not be named. He's been here spiritually. You know, you know since this is our first style we've done it without that side of the room for the most part you can say the closing line of the podcast okay share it with me <laughs> you 
really on the pilot, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> say it. Say it. Yeah. Eric, land the plane. Should I first say? <laughs> like, oh, and he's gonna start. Oh. I was gonna say, please fasten your seatbelts. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Put your tray tables in their upright and locked position. Please stow all your laptops. <laughs> <laughs>